0: What a joy to be in God's house, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to stand here before the church that I love and admire and be able to preach the Word of God. Do get a stone, and I'm excited about um, being able to use this. Make sure you have one. If you don't, leave your hand up till you get one. I want everybody from the oldest to the youngest to have a stone tonight. They're going to come into play toward the end. Hopefully, we won't throw them up this direction. We'll use them for another purpose but um, we will see how it goes. I'm thankful again to the Lord, obviously, for calling me and equipping me, placing me into the ministry, but, but specifically, physically in this world, thankful for my pastor, my father-in-law for the opportunity to stand behind the pulpit that God has entrusted him with and communicate the word of God. It's a sobering time for our church. And um, I, I'll be honest, I tried to wiggle my way out of it tonight and was hoping that, Pastor would um, reorient his schedule and be able to be here just because I, I didn't want to, in my own strength, um, I wasn't sure that I could that I could stand here and and deliver and communicate to the church really their need. But I'm thankful for the Spirit of God that He is an ever-present help. He is our strength when we are weak. And so tonight our hope is in Him. It's in His Word, and let's look together, if you will, at Joshua. Chapter number 24, Joshua chapter number 24, we're going to use this initially as our Old Testament passage, and then we're going to flip over toward the middle to the end of the message into the book of Romans, but we're going to start in Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24, we're going to start in verse number one, and then I'm going to jump through the chapter just a little bit, but why don't we stand, stretch our legs one more time before we read the scripture. Joshua chapter 24, verse number one, the Bible says this. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And then from verse 2 to verse 12. He speaks, Joshua speaks, verse 2 starts saying, Thus saith the Lord. And for those 12 verses, we're not going to read those, but he, he gives discourse to the nation of Israel. It's gathered together in a group. He's called everybody together, the leaders and the citizens alike. And then for those 12 verses, he says, Thus saith the Lord. And they rehearse all that God has done from their captivity in Egypt all the way to where they stand now. We're going to pick up again in verse 13. The Bible says, And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them of the vineyards and oliveyards, which ye planted not, do ye eat. Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Look down at verse number 24, Joshua has a conversation, they respond and they respond back and they say, we will serve the Lord. And that conversation exists there in those verses that we skip. Verse number 24, Joshua starts speaking again. And the people said unto Joshua, the Lord, our God, will we serve and his voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took A great stone, and set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest ye deny. Your God. We're going to stop reading there. So have a seat if you will. We're going to pray and ask God to bless. Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence. Thank you for the wonderful comfort that you are. Thank you that God, you're hearing and answering our prayers. I've been praying specifically this week that you would bring healing, that you would bring maturity, that you would bring comfort, that you would bring peace into our church, not just collectively, but individually. And God, as we Got to experience your presence for just a moment. Lord, earlier, I felt in my soul like you were answering that prayer even before our eyes. Thank you that, Lord, we can come together in community. Thank you that, God, we don't have to have every answer to every question, but we can walk into your house, meet with your people, and rest under the shadow of your word. We can leave encouraged, challenged, and changed. Thank you, God, for ministering to our hearts. Thank you for bringing healing into our minds this evening. I pray that you'd be glorified from everything that's done, Lord, through the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. So the portion of scripture that we read, Joshua 24, how many of you ever saw that verse, as but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? How many of you grew that, grew up with maybe that over a door or on a car or something like that? Y'all remember those gold plaques? Do you remember those? Anybody else remember those? A little gold uh, metal plaque, and it had that written on it. That thing was always everywhere, at least in my mind. That's etched on that, and they were hanging in my house and, and different things. So it's a very famous portion of Scripture, a very famous verse that we just read this evening. It's where Joshua calls all the nation of Israel together. He stands before them and essentially they are rehearsing this moment that had happened before with Moses as he led the nation of Israel. And they sort of do a repeat. And Joshua this time asks them, puts before them a decision. Choose you this day whom you will serve. So God through Joshua was calling for a people a people to love him and a people to serve him. I want to pull two quick, verse, two quick words out of the text that we read, and it's in verse number 14. So when Joshua says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him, here's what he says, in sincerity. Look at verse number 14. That's what it says. He says, I want you to serve the Lord. God wants you to serve him, but he wants you to serve him in sincerity. The word sincerity means completely or whole. And then he says this, sincerity, but not just sincerity, but sincerity and in truth. That word means reliability or faithfulness. It also means this sort of in a, in a picture. What he's saying is God desires for you, the nation of Israel, to serve me, to choose me, to love me. But to love me and serve me in such a way that it is sincere, it is genuine, it is complete and whole, not with just lip service, not with just, sure, I'll do it, and then in a week or two, we forgot that we even made the vow. He's saying, when we commit to do this, we are committing sincerely or with our whole heart, completely, completely and in truth, in a reliable fashion in a faithful way. And the picture, I studied that word out just a little bit, truth. What is he really trying to convey? And it's the idea of pillars in the temple of God. So when he says, serve me in truth, what he means is that I want you to be secure. I want you to be steadfast. I want you to be faithful. A pillar, 1 Timothy 3.15 tells us that the church of the living God is the pillar and the ground of the truth. This portion of scripture here, Joshua is talking to the nation of Israel. He's calling out to them and he's saying, I want you today to choose if you're gonna serve the gods of Egypt or the gods of the Amorites where you are now, or if by faith you will choose in sincerity and truth to serve the one true God. Still today, God is calling for people to choose Him. We're gathered in this room tonight because we choose Him. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3 says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past according to the prophets, but now in this present day, He's speaking unto us by His Son. So in this day, Joshua was Was ministering to the people of God, leading them, welcoming them into the promised land. But now thousands of years later, God is still speaking but he's not using judges and kings and prophets. He is speaking through one means and that means is the person of his son Jesus Christ. That's what the book of Hebrews tells us. Turn if you will to Acts. Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4 and look at verse number 10. Flip over there with me, if you will. Acts 4 and verse number 10. The Bible says this. Be it known unto you. This is Peter, I believe, that's that's preaching. Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, doth this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In the book of Joshua, we see the people of God gathered together and the man of God standing before them and basically simply just saying, Choose today who you will serve. The God of your past, the God of your fathers, the God in Egypt, or the God of tomorrow, the God by faith, the one true God. But today, we're not the nation of Israel. We are a people that are chosen by God, separated by Jesus Christ. We are the church. Turn to 1 Peter 2, 1 Peter 2, and we're gonna read a couple of verses there. Flip over, if you will, follow me to 1 Peter Chapter number two, 1 Peter chapter number two, 1 Peter chapter number two, verse number seven, unto you therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient, whereinto also they were appointed. Listen to verse number nine. But you, but ye are a chosen generation, that's you and me, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, Jesus says those famous words, thou art Peter, He's talking to his disciples and he says, you know, I'm known, I'm known all through the region, but what do people say about me? Am I John? Am I this? Am I that? Am I a healer, a miracle worker? Who am I? And he asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and he actually got it right on this time and he said, thou art the Christ Christ the son of the living God, and Jesus commends him. Flesh and blood didn't communicate that to you, but my spirit told you that. That's accurate, that is right, that is who I am. And then he says this, upon that rock, Jesus Christ, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I started in the book of Joshua because we're going to use that story toward the end of the message to sort of unfold our response to the message tonight. But there's a parallel that's going on between the nation of Israel, Joshua, the man of God, standing before that nation, and basically laying out before them, you have a choice to make today. Who are you going to serve? And he implores them, choose God, choose Jehovah God. And then he just makes a declaration. As for me and my house, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how you choose. But as for me, Joshua said, we will serve the Lord. And as we said already, God is still seeking a people. God is still looking for a people that will make the choice every day to choose him. And those people are his people, the church. We tonight are the church. We are the chosen people of God. We have a divine purpose. We are the body of Jesus Christ. We are the bride of Jesus, and we are the building of Jesus. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. We are redeemed tonight by Jesus. We are the prisoners that have been set free. We are beggars that are now enjoying the riches of God. But The church of God that Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail against it has an enemy. Just like those people in the book of Joshua, the nation of Israel, had enemies. That's part of what we did not read. Just for sake of time, there were many enemies that abounded in that day, and Joshua stood before them and laid out an opportunity and said, choose you this day whom you will serve, and we today have the same choice before us to choose the one true God, and we have made that choice, and that's why we are here. That makes us the people of God, the church of God, a redeemed, set-apart people. But this church has an enemy. The church of God across the world has an enemy. This church in Union Grove, Calvary Baptist Church, has an enemy. You and I individually and specifically have an enemy that wars against us because we have aligned ourselves with the Son of God. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against spiritual wickedness in high... Places We do have an adversary. We do have a foe. But that enemy is not a physical enemy. It's not your brother. It's not your sister. It's not your spouse. It's not your co-worker. There is an enemy in this world today that is wreaking havoc through society and through systems and is in control, so to speak. In this world, that is our enemy. It is a spiritual enemy. It is a supernatural enemy. We as the people of God are engaged in a warfare for our souls. I said sort of all that to say this, that David's passing this week for me was an awful reminder that death is still here in this world. But for the child of God, there is a mystery, there is a hope, there is a promise... For the church, for the believer, for the people of God who say, I choose Jesus. And when we make that choice, we gain a foe and gain an adversary. And he reared his head this week. And in many of our lives, he is continuing to wage war. And it's frustrating. And as we look at our culture and as we look at our world, we see his hand and darkness and evil and destruction seems to be everywhere. But... For us, there is a hope, there is a peace, there is a power that is greater than his ability, stronger than the strength that he has. Flip with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And I want to allow the Word of God to reveal to us this mystery. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to start in verse number 51. First Corinthians 15 and verse number 51. 15, 51. Everybody got it. Say Amen. amen. Oh, that was pretty good. Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, and he says this, "Behold, child of God, behold Calvary Baptist Church, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed." Listen to what he says. When that happens, when the trumpet of God sounds and the believers that have chosen to worship and serve the true and living God, when that trumpet sounds and we exit and are united together with God, that's when our corruption is turned to incorruption. Our mortality is turned into immortality. When that happens, then 54 shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory. So we can say then in verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Verse number 57 gives the child of God a tremendous hope. For it says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 58 says, therefore, based on this promise, based on this truth, that yes, while we are in this world, death will reign, sin will reign, we will look around and it will abound. But, 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 be of good cheer, for I have already overcome the world. Therefore, therefore, child of God, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What happened this week, the life being taken from one of our faithful members was absolutely the result of sin. Because scripturally speaking, theologically, but also practically... We die spiritually. We're born into this world dead spiritually. But the reason, the reason that we die physically is also because of sin. When Adam and Eve were placed into that garden, they would have lived forever, but. But they sinned, and the wages of their sin was death. And so let's, let's call it what it is. Let's bring the enemy out into the light and say what happened this week was an absolute attack on the church of the living God. It was the reality that sin is still present, but for the child of God, it has its day. But we can look back to the moment where Jesus took on death took on hell and won the victory for us. Yes, people still die. But there is coming a day when all death will cease. There is coming an hour when immortality will begin because mortality will be swallowed up in victory. That day is soon. That day is sure. David Clark was a faithful deacon. He was a loyal, loving servant of God. I'm thankful to have known him. It's been my privilege to be a part of the Calvary Baptist Church and enjoy Christian fellowship with my brother in Christ. The reason, one of the reasons we started in Joshua as well is because while I was studying and preparing for the message, I couldn't get a story off of my mind. It's a story about Brother David. It's a story about, one of the times that he filled with the Spirit of God and only as Brother David could did what he felt like God wanted him to do. And we tonight reap the rewards of that. I won't, for sake of time, share all the details, but many of you probably know it. Some of you may not. But years and years ago, this was before my time as well. I wasn't here, but I spoke to a few people who were just to make sure I had all my facts straight. Years and years ago, there was a season of discouragement and a season of difficulty at Calvary. There were some things that were going on. There was a few attacks that were taking place toward the leadership of the church and toward the the function of the ministry. And to be specific, Pastor and Miss Tammy were coming coming under literal, physical, sort of, Attack just from people and rebuking them and criticizing them and and um, just to make a long story short, it sort of came to a head, and Pastor and miss Tammy in in the faithfulness of their ministry, said, We are going to have to address this and so they they stepped aside and said, You're going to choose, we're going to move forward, but I, I we can go you know if that's the decision of the church, and if not, then we'll stay, but we, we can't just continue avoiding the situation well that night the, the way it's told to me brother David stood up and he walked down to the front of the church this was down in the old building of course and they said he, he drew a line on the floor just an invisible line with his foot and just said okay I, I drew a line and here's a line on the floor with a big boot y'all can see it now a lot of people smiling you can imagine this story happening so brother David draws that line in the floor and and as brother David can do He said, we're choosing tonight. We're choosing to support our pastor. We're choosing to stand behind him. We're choosing to unite as a people. We're choosing to move forward in faith, believing that greater days are actually ahead. It's dark now. It's discouraging now. It's confusing now. It's conflicting now. But tonight we're choosing and you have the freedom to choose. But, you know, I'm not going to say all that Brother David said, but you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I wasn't there, so I can't actually say. But basically, he was saying that his heart, his allegiance is for his pastor, and you're free to choose, but this church is going to stand behind its pastor. The reason I told that story is because as I was preparing, I could not get that story off my mind. Then God seemed to lead me to Joshua chapter 24, where literally in the Old Testament that actually unfolded. And God's man, Joshua, stood before the nation of Israel, and he told them in a very solemn, serious way. That it's time to choose. As the people of God, make up your mind. Decide. Say. Seriously. That's why we took time in the beginning to talk about those words. Faithfully. Genuinely. Holy. And completely. Those words that he used when he said, choose you this day. God wants servants. God's looking for people. But people that are sincere. People that are real. People that are like pillars. People that are not going to move. Don't just say it and then not do it. But actually do it and tonight in response to that flip over if you will to Romans chapter number 12 Romans chapter number 12 that story really stuck in my mind and I'm thankful I'm thankful for a man who has a legacy of being loyal to his pastor thankful for a man who has a legacy of being loyal to his savior thankful for a man who embodied the role of a deacon exceptionally well. And we can find it in scripture. It's laid out for us what the role of a deacon looks like, what a deacon should be like. And David Clark was that man. And I'm thankful to have called him a deacon, my deacon, my friend, my brother in Christ. Romans 12 says this, and this brings it full circle to the New Testament age. We are the church, we're not the nation of Israel. And we stand tonight with an opportunity to choose a fresh and a new God, our church. Reignite our passion, our focus, and our faith to this church. Romans 12, verses one says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse number three, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith, for as we have many members in one body, that's you and I, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. I had some points here that I was gonna go through. I'll just tell them to you. We're really not gonna preach it. But the New Testament example that we have, and it mirrors the, New Testament, the Old Testament example that we see in Joshua 24. God was communicating through Joshua It's time for the nation of Israel to choose. To choose me or choose another God. And they said, okay, we'll choose. We didn't read it. But then Joshua says, no, no, you you can't choose. You can't choose like that. He said, I want sincerity. I want truth. And so he had to really say, no, 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 this needs to be genuine. And my mind went back to that time where David Clark years ago stood before our church and said, we stand really in a place where it's important that we choose. And I'm convinced that in this hour, Calvary Baptist Church stands again at a place where we must decide as the people of God to exercise our faith, our confidence, our belief, our steadfast hope in a God who is working all things together for our good. And we see that in Romans. And this is the New Testament example. Paul tells them that what God wants is the same thing that he wanted in Joshua's day. People that have given their hearts and lives to Christ. People that are consecrated, people that are set apart. I'll just tell you the points. Number one, it's a transformed church. A transformed church, and that's two and three, where he says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. And then he goes on to say, by the renewing of your mind. And we see there an example in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2, 5 talks about the mind of Christ. And it says, let this mind be in you, be in us, be in the church of God that was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, seated in in heaven with angels shouting about Him, that God seated there, considered not Himself above God, but was willing to come down, make Himself of no reputation. And He took upon Himself the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. And we are challenged and compelled. That's our chief shepherd. That's our God. We're told to not be conformed to the pattern of this world, this age, this day, that screams and screams and shouts. Really, if you get down to it, just pride. Arrogance, self-righteousness, and a denial to exercise faith and confidence in God. But what God is saying is that I'm still searching and seeking for a people in this day that will choose me. A transformed church in our thinking, in our minds. Arrogance and pride, division and discourse has absolutely no place in the church of the living God. We have been blessed by God, forgiven by God, chosen by God, accepted by God, and loved by God. And I'm asking all of us tonight to join together as the people of God and say afresh and anew that we will choose God, even when we don't understand it, even when we don't see it. We will be a transformed people. Transformed church, number two, just very quickly, a tethered church. And I'm not going to go into all that I was going to say, but a tethered church. And through the rest of this, it says, verse four and verse five, we have many members. It likens our church body to the physical body. And it talks about how we're different and we're diverse, but it's important that we unite together because our diversity is by design, just like our human body. If we were all ears, then we couldn't see anything. If we were all hands, then we wouldn't be able to go anywhere. And that's the the nature of what Paul is trying to communicate and what I want to communicate tonight. Calvary Baptist Church, let's be a transformed church. Let's be a tethered church. There is diversity that's necessary in the church of God. There is diversity that is by design in the church of God. But... It can be a source of division if we allow it to. Let's choose tonight to tether ourselves together. I am gonna take time to go here. Hebrews 13, flip there if you will. Hebrews 13, I want you to see this. Hebrews 13, flip over there with me. A transformed church and a tethered church. If we're gonna be the people of God, this is how we do it in this day. Hebrews 13, verse number seven. We're talking about tethering ourselves together, being gifted, called, and uniquely able to serve in the body. But one thing I want to point out tonight in the absence of our pastor is that Hebrews 13, verse number seven has something to say to us. And it reads like this. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Now look down in verse number 16, but to do good and to communicate, forget not for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Verse number 17, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable to you. So we're talking about choosing God. We're talking about being a church that chooses in this day, not to be conformed to the culture that says just like the nation of Israel in Joshua's day, we will choose Christ. We will be pillars. We will exercise faith in Jesus Christ. We are a transformed church by submitting our minds and taking on that spirit of humility. But we are a tethered church, tethered to one another, uniquely gifted and called to serve in the body. But then one thing that I wanted to communicate tonight, I may never have another opportunity to do it. And in the spirit of our beloved deacon that is now in the presence of God, let's tether ourselves to one another, to God, and to the godly leadership that God has gifted this church with. Remember them which have the rule over you. I won't take time to unpack it, But down in 17, it says the reason that we submit, the reason that we even, the Bible says, obey, is because they watch for your souls. It's literally the idea that pastors, teachers, evangelists, our pastor, Stephen Pope, he has been gifted to this body to cover us, to shepherd us, to shelter us, to mature us, to teach us and mature us. And we need in this day, like never before, to tether ourselves together to Christ and each other and the leadership that God has placed here because they watch for our souls. I studied it out a little bit today. It literally means it's the idea of hunting or fishing. It's one of the things that it talks about. How many of you have ever gone hunting and fallen asleep in the, in the stand? Anybody ever done that? Right. Did you, did you get anything that day? The answer is no. And the, the, other, the other thing that it points out, watch. When it says they watch for your soul, it's literally the idea of it just simply says no sleep. That's what it means. A a watchman. Think about that. A watchman on the wall. They're awake when everybody else is asleep. And I came tonight to remind our church that in this day that we live, we are we are under attack. And I don't mean that to to cause you to despair For, for we are victors. And one day soon, all this death, all this sorrow, all this pain will be finally and completely swallowed up and we will be united with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But for now, but for now, while we're here, but for now, today, tomorrow, however many hours or days or months or maybe years we have left before that trumpet sounds, let's be steadfast, unmoving, always abounding. Let's commit ourselves to one another. Let's submit and love. Let's tether ourselves together. It's very important that moving ahead, that the Calvary Baptist Church of Union Grove will give no place to division. Will give no place, no foothold to destruction. Absolutely no place We're we're at a pivotal point and we stand today, maybe in a way not where we were before. I don't know of anything necessarily that's going on that's division in the church, but I genuinely felt like with our pastor away and the uniqueness of the moment and the nature of how God is blessing and working and moving. And then to couple that with the attack and the warfare and the stress and the struggle that's going on in this situation, but in many, many situations, I came here tonight to tell us, let's. Choose Christ afresh. Let's unite. Let's be transformed. Let's be tethered. And then look at the last verse of the chapter in Romans 12. And it says this, if we'll do that, Romans 12, verse number 21. If we will be transformed, if we will be tethered, we will be triumphant. Be not overcome of evil, Romans says, but overcome evil with Good, that's Romans 12, 21. The desire of my heart tonight was to come solemnly, boldly, and clearly to the church that I love, to the church that I pray for, to the church that I am thrilled and honored to be a part of, and say, In this world, we will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, we have overcome the world. And soon and very soon, our faith will be turned into sight. Our mortality will be transferred into immortality. And we will be not just in Christ, but with Christ eternally. So in between... In between, because we don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know when we're going to leave this war, leave this struggle. We don't know when that's going to happen. So in between, what I want to do tonight before our church in the company of one another is do again, just like Joshua did again, what Moses had done. The leader before the nation of Israel came and said, choose you this day whom you will serve. And they did. Well, about 40 years later, Joshua's on the scene and he says, in the same spot, choose you this day whom you will serve. And they did. It's necessary in every generation that that generation makes a specific, unique, personal choice to serve God for themselves. And this church has made that choice and we have made that choice in the past. What I want to do tonight without our, our pastor and his wife present is say amongst ourselves and to God, honestly and openly, we are in a warfare. There is an enemy. He hates God. He hates this church. He hates what's happening here. And I'm not, I'm not saying like we need to be afraid because we're, we're victors. But the response that we need to give is actually, well, let's be transformed then. Let's submit ourselves, let's be tethered, let's unite together as a body like never before. Let's honor, love, and respect the pastor that God has given us and give absolutely no place to the enemy to come in and do what he would love to do, which is to destroy and distract this work. And if we will respond tonight the way that Calvary Baptist Church responded some 20 years ago, then we will be triumphant. We will overcome evil. We will look in the face of death and destruction and sorrow and say we're choosing faith and say in a moment where we could in a few months or weeks experience division and pain and heartache but choose tonight to say we're not not going there. We're gonna anchor ourselves here. We are going to love one another. We are going to embrace one another and we are choosing tonight to submit ourselves to the pastor and leadership that God has given us to make this incredibly practical it probably won't be very long before we start making decisions as a church to move forward before we look at new leadership before we look at this and before we look at that and and i feel in my heart a responsibility tonight to come before all of us and humbly say in the spirit of joshua and in the spirit of david clark tonight Choose. I'm drawing a line on the floor. Let's choose. Let's choose tonight to love one another. Let's choose tonight before, before any of that potential ever even comes. Let's choose tonight to say, if, if we experience more death, if we experience more pain, if we experience more division and more attack, we're united. And nothing is going to separate us from one another. We are tethered together together. And we are submitting ourselves to the leadership that our pastor has given us. I hope I'm connecting tonight. If I am, would you say amen? Amen. All right, wonderful. Have I made sense? That was a little weaker. So no, I'm kidding. (laughs) To bring it full circle, and I know it's been a little heavy. um, But my heart tonight has been genuinely to love, encourage, and strengthen this church. Because another reality is my wife and I are leaving soon. We will be gone. And I don't want to layer in more frustration and sorrow and questions. But it's a reality. But, but, but I truly believe that just because David Clark has been ushered into the presence of God, And just because because God is choosing to take our family and move us somewhere else to serve and minister, that does not mean that God is done with the Calvary Baptist Church. Maybe it's time tonight that we say like the Israelites did in their generation, no, I'm choosing. My fathers chose with Moses. But tonight, I'm choosing. Maybe there's a young person in this room that will say, I'm choosing. Maybe I'll never be a deacon. Maybe I'll never be a pastor. Maybe I'll never be a leader. But tonight I'm choosing. I'm choosing Christ. I'm choosing this church. I'm choosing the things of God. And the world may fall apart, and it will. But we are above this world, and I will be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's my heart. We need new leadership. And I don't mean that in a wrong way. I'm saying maybe God, maybe God is saying we need new leadership. Maybe God is saying next generation, where are you? Maybe God is saying men, women, ladies, children, rise up, wake up, be the church. Because right now we are under attack, but we can be triumphant if we will be transformed and tethered please don't let division creep into this place please don't let sin shame destruction bickering fighting disunity don't let it abide here because if it's here god's not tonight tonight's the night so so i did i did um this Brother Donnie, Brother Donnie, uh, he's going to suffer for the rest of his life because of these rocks. But but um, tonight everybody has a stone and the stone is obviously a representation of Joshua. And that's what they erected. They erected that day a physical symbol of the vow that they made. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. And they said, we will. And he said, "Okay, then that's wonderful. I was hoping you would say that. Then we're going to take a stone and we're going to erect it. And it will be, the the Word of God says, a witness. It will exist in our lives to be a physical reminder that on that day, we chose God. On that day, we chose to to be overcomers. On that day, we chose to believe. So, in the spirit of Joshua and in the spirit of David Clark, we're going to reenact what Brother David did that night where he drew a line, a literal line with his foot. I don't have a big boot like he did, but he drew a line up here with his foot and he said, if you're for our pastor, if you're for the God, it has nothing to do with Stephen Pope. It has everything to do with the God-ordained leadership. If you're for one another, if you're for the power of God, the goodness of God and the glory of God, then I want, and he that night said, then come up. So tonight, I want to say, Let's, in the absence of our pastor. All right, hold on a second. This is awesome, by the way. But hold on a second. I called this precious lady on the way to church. And I informed her of what I was going to preach tonight. And I asked her if she would be willing to take not one stone, but two. And obviously one representing her life, her heart, and her allegiance to God, to us, and to the leadership that God has put here. But the other representing David Clark. For he embodied the spirit that is here this evening. One of unity, one of passion, one of sincerity, that desires for God to do again in this day what he has done For 30 years here. Because the enemy would love to take it away. But what we are doing tonight is saying, no. We will be triumphant. You can do what you want to do. And you can bring death. And you can bring destruction. And you can war. But we are greater than that war. Because we have one that has already won the victory in us. And so she's here tonight with two stones. And I told her I was going to let her be the first. But I love the enthusiasm. Believe me, that's awesome. So I'm going to let her put, you already did. She's already done it. They're in there. So tonight I'm going to put this. I'll hold it. I'll tell you what, I'll hold it. How about that? I'll hold it. And if tonight you, and please know that you don't have to, just like Joshua You're free to choose, and I I mean that. And I will love you forever if you choose not to. But tonight, as a member of the Calvary Baptist Church, as a servant of God, and as a committed Christian, I am pleading with this, my body, let's unite, and let's say no to the enemy before anything else even happens. So when it does, we can look at each other and say, we're triumphant and we will be ushered into God's presence together triumphant. So if you would like to drop your stone, a memorial of your commitment to choose Christ again tonight, not for salvation, but a commitment to love his people, then, then bring it up here. So here we go. It's <laughs> okay, <laughs>